peace peace we're about to go ahead and get started um we're going to be speaking about the black codes we know this is black history month they never talk about this right there's a reason for that so we're going to go ahead and get started now peace and love boys Chapter 7, mind of an Asiatic, homie, yo. See, any other time, I wouldn't pay you any mind. Put my best foot forward in every verse and every line. I used to dream, I used to pray about the day that I get signed. And to the truth, about the business just blew my mind. I swear to God, I used to think. All I needed was a skill, high verse, catchy hook, dope look, then get a deal. I used to love the rock and sold out show, just for the thrill, until the real was revealed to my spirit like Jabril, I'm iconic. Spending power, but we still sit at a deficit. Living amongst prejudice, even at our residence. Moors in America, flourishing, excellent. Let's buy up some neighborhoods and grow my own president. Yeah. And I come to you today with all intentions of spreading love, truth. 
peace. Freedom. And justice. Peace. All right. I want to give a shout out to the brother Rob Bay. Got Rob Bay in the building. I'm going to go ahead and play that back before we get started. Um, you definitely want to click that like and share button. Make sure you hit that, and we're going to run that clip right back. got some talent in the building for real the more is holding it down so um i appreciate everybody for coming in uh make sure everybody that's in here make sure you click like and share and um we're gonna go ahead and get started all right um if you're not already subscribed though make sure you hit that subscribe button right peace and love mores basically man just you know we go through this every year um not knocking black history not knocking that the 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 great um are the great asiatics who've invented things who've done great things not knocking any of that stuff not knocking it at all but those of us in the know know that what's being taught to us is what's safe what's being um taught in the schools um, what's being taught in the mainstream period, what's pushed out in the mainstream media, it's what they consider safe. It's the safe version of who we are. They, um, There's people who actually form who we are as a people, our history, who we are in the present, where we come from, and they push what's safe to be presented to us and what's safe to be taught to us. And um, it's a very limited view of who we are and... Um, one thing that's never talked about, though, in Black History Month is the Black Codes or the Black Christian Codes. OK, over the years, over several hundred years, actually, you've had codes. And for the most part, these are acts. These are laws that have been getting passed, that have defined us as black people and that have clearly defined black people as slaves. All right. And if you know this, then it becomes obvious why they wouldn't want to teach this. Because it gives you a definite timeline 
showing the people who were indigenous to the Americas being classified as black and black being defined as a permanent slave, the permanent underclass, a permanent underclass. And that's big right there. And that's why I'm saying everybody that's here, you know, make sure you share this because this type of information, of course, it's not, it's not common knowledge, right? It's not, it's not out there like that, but um, it's really important to give everybody a chance to look at this. We have some slides up here and some information. I'm actually going to read this whole PDF file, just going through the um, black codes, just to give everybody a good understanding. But um, before we do that, we're going to go over a timeline just real briefly for those that don't know so that you can get up to speed to see what's going on and um, have an understanding of how we got into this situation. All right. And we had a solution. We had a solution. But um, you can't just bring the solution. You need to understand how we got here so that you can understand why the solution works. All right. So um, and I get you. I get you, uh, Brother Rob Bay. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at them like that, too. Because some of them know. Some of them know who we are. And they're not trying to tell anybody. All right. But what, what happens every February? They roll out the same people. Like I said, I'm not trying to disrespect it, so I'm not going to throw out any names. But, I mean, just, you know, they go over the same people every February, right? They don't talk about Malcolm X, though. But um, they go over the same people, and um, that's pretty much it. That's what we get. And uh, there's a reason for that. So, um, I mean, just looking at this, you see this 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 is a meme, but it's, it's actually spot on. All right? Black history started. 1779 1774 literally and it starts with slavery you see them putting the they first off they, they got the the um white slave traders the europeans and they're shipping the africans putting them in the decks of the boat making them go down there so they can transport them to the americas right and that's where it starts then uh, we got put on the boats and we came over here and now we slaves, right? That's that's the story. That's the story. All right. But there's way more to it than that. You see more history down here. Don't really, I mean, does it even have a beginning? All right. It goes back so far that if I even started to throw out some of the civilizations, you would probably think that's crazy. Okay, but it's real, it's legit. It goes back far more. Then, um, then it could even be just given credit for. All right, they they wouldn't even they wouldn't even want to acknowledge how far back it goes. All right, but the Moors are the creators of civilization. <clears throat> so, um, even just keeping that going, you know, we keeping Black History going, Black History Month, and it's the same thing. So that means we trapped in the same cycle, and don't even realize it. All right, but let me let me go back here. So, we got a timeline up write the story obviously for us it doesn't start with slavery but that's where they put us at okay and this this is from pbs.org you can go there and check it out just slavery and the making um the making of america so they start the black quote unquote black experience with slavery even if you try to go back on the timeline of 1619 they're going to tell you when the first black slaves were brought into the colonies, literally, 
but this, like I said, this is on PBS.org. When you go in here, you look at 1739, slaves in Stone Oak, South Carolina, they rebel, right? They're fighting back. And put to them when they once get to Florida, right? It says 1740, the very next year, South Carolina, they're looking at that like, oh, no, uh-uh, we don't like that. So they, they passed the Negro Act, making it illegal for slaves to move abroad, assembling groups. You see this, raise food, earn money, and learn to read English, <laughs> right? Right, it's crazy. But this is this is where they started at, okay? And then one, I'm going to skip forward to 1770 on the other side. It says 1770 escaped slave Crispus Attucks is killed. He was the first person to die in the War of Independence. But when you actually go and do some research on Crispus Attucks, you find out that he was a Wampanoag Indian, right? And he was free, right? It says escaped slave, but he was free. And if you um, if you go with the common narrative, is oh he was. He was either from Africa or he was the, 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 um, the descendant of Africans and he escaped. But in reality, he had indigenous ties to the land. And if you see, if you um, we'll, we'll, we'll try to paint a broader picture of this or a better um, understanding of what was going on in that time. But um, in actuality, the indigenous people um, were described as the people that they call African-Americans today. All right. Facial features, color, hair texture, all that. And what they were doing, they were putting the black label on them. And so people were getting sold into slavery. People who were here who were already free, but they, they won't tell you that. But like I said, Christmas Addicts, he was a Wampanoag. He was from here. He had ties to the land. All right, so you see that. 1740, South Carolina passes the Negro Act. Basically making it illegal for you to do anything. Okay, and they did that because you had a rebellion. All right, so this is going more in detail with the Negro Act 1740. Pay attention to this. All right, pay attention to this. Let me um hang on a second. Yeah, so the timelines are real important. Um, you really want to pay attention to, to what this is saying specifically in 1740 in South Carolina, the status of the Negro, his rights and disabilities. Now, chapter one, it's got a whole bunch of sections. <clears throat> they made a whole law dealing with us because we're such a big deal. All right. So um, section one says the act of 1740, section one, declares all Negroes and Indians, and then in parentheses, free Indians in amity with this, this government, Negroes, mulattoes, and mestizos who now are free and accept, uh, excuse me, accepted to be slaves. So Act 1 declares all Negroes and Indians, I'm going to skip the whole parentheses part. Act 1 declares all Negroes and Indians to be slaves. Right? The parentheses gives you a description of who they're talking about. They're talking about the Indians in amity with this government. Negroes, mulattoes, and mestizos who are now free. <laughs> so Act 1 declares all the... Y'all get this, right? The first act, 
declares all the Negroes and Indians to be slaves, the offspring to follow the condition of the mother, and that such slaves are chattels personal. Personal. All right. So this is declaring all Negroes and Indians to be slaves. This is the Negro law. All right. I don't care. Like, what do you think that means? Because somebody um, can come with some pseudo reason why this isn't saying what it's plainly and clearly saying. Y'all get this, right? Act one declares all Negroes and Indians to be slaves. This is the Negro law. They're telling you right there. They're declaring all of, all of the indigenous people to be slaves under the Negro law. They're making them Negroes. Section two, under this provision, it has been uniformly held that color is prima facie evidence that the party bearing the color of a Negro, mulatto or mestizo is a slave. So they're basically color covering the whole range of skin textures that we have. For those that don't know about the Prophet Noble Drew Ali, look them up or, or jump on the Zoom calls with us on Friday and Sunday and, and ask some questions. But um, Prophet Noble Drew Ali describes us as having olive skin tones. Why? Because the olive ranges from light, light brown all the way to dark, all the way to real dark to the point where it's black. Right. You like eating black olives. So we have all of these different skin tones. And so they're covering the whole range. They're saying um, <coughs> under this provision, it has been uniformly held across the board. It's, it's understood that this color of our skin is the main evidence, prima facie evidence, that the party bearing the color of the Negro, mulatto, mestizo is a slave. But the prima facie result does not follow from the Indian color. Why do they say that? Let's, let's pause right there. Why do they say that? So they're telling you that um, basically having the conditions the um, that, that would nowadays have you classified as so-called African-American. Right nowadays, that would get you classified as African-American. But back then, it was understood that those were the indigenous Americans. And we're going to get the 1828 uh, definition for American, real quick, 1828 dictionary. Why that one? I'll tell you why. All right. We'll tell you why in a second. Hang on. Okay, so, um, hang on. Let's get that off here. Let's, let's pull this up. Okay, so um, bear with me. Um, I know I'm jumping around a little bit. Okay, but like I want you to understand because you don't want to overlook that. All right, so it's telling you that basically your skin color is the evidence that you are a slave. You're a Negro. And that's it. That's just it. Across the board, uniformly held. That is the main evidence that you are a Negro, a.k.a. slave. But it does not follow for um, proof that you are of the indigenous people. Why would they say that? Because it was known across the board at this time that the people who looked like us were the indigenous Americans. And so why am I pulling up the 1828 
Webster's Dictionary definition for American because this was the first Webster's Dictionary, right? Everybody's heard of it, Merriam-Webster Dictionary. This was the first one. Noah Webster, you see right here? You can look this up and see like all the work that they put into defining words. They put in a lot of work. Why? Because when you define something, you own it. This is why, well, I'm not going to say this is why, but this is one of the reasons why they appear to be running the world, even though that's falling apart, right? So a lot of work in, in research and resources were put into traveling and defining words. They're all confirming, you know, things with each other. It wasn't just something that was just thrown out there. So let's look at what it says, 1828 uh, dictionary definition for American. Uh, hang on. Okay, so um, 1828, what do we see? It says, pertaining to America, American, adjective. But noun, that's what we want, the noun. A native of America, originally applied to the aboriginals or copper-colored races, found here by the Europeans, but now applied to the descendants of Europeans born in America. That's basically saying... In a kind of like in a um, just like a summary version, it's kind of saying what that act is saying, because it's saying that, hey, American originally applied to the aboriginals, the copper colored aboriginals or copper colored races found here by the Europeans. But now it applies to the descendants of Europeans born in America. So that's showing you the switch right there. Just plain as day. OK, what does copper look like? What is what color is copper? What what does copper look like? I have on some copper um copper bracelets right now. Right? So you see that's what they look like. Brown. All right? No mistaking it. Brown. You have different variations. It could be light brown, dark brown. I know the pennies aren't pure copper, but we're looking at copper. Come on, copper's brown. There's just no way around it. All right. And so I could pull up pictures of people that look like they're European that are claiming to be Indians. And, you know, I'm not going to do that because I'm not trying to put anybody else down, you know, but we know what looks like copper and what doesn't. Right. So I'm not trying to knock anyone, just keeping it real. All right. So that's why you see that that definition. You may have seen that before, but that's why it's letting you know to switch a route where it happened. And this is 1828. So this is like. 70 something 80 almost 80 years after that act right that was 1740 but this is this is letting you know what was going on because this is um when when this was put out 1828 that gave it time for these different acts to take place and get set so it even speaks of it in a past tense a native of America originally applied to the aboriginals or copper colored races found here by the Europeans, but now applied to the descendants of Europeans born in America. So that's that's big right there. That's like a smoking gun. But but it doesn't stop there. Right. It doesn't. If it stopped there, we wouldn't have anything. But it doesn't stop there. Right. That's just a piece of piece of it. So let's let's pull these um these slides back up. Like I said, we're going to read some more work too but um not i just i wanted y'all to see that because that's going to help make sense out of a lot of this 
All right, so we're gonna go right back to that act. And um, it's important to have a thorough understanding of what was going on in the past. It's important to be able to put things into context. So you can't just go to one source. You have to go and look around, read, and, and see what was, get a good feel for what was actually going on in that time period. And then when you do that, now you know you have a clear idea of what's going on. So now somebody can't just come and tell you. They can't just come and plant ideas in your head. Like if I didn't notice and couldn't show you the definition and how things were defined in that time and how people were thinking what was really going on in that time, somebody could just come and say, oh, no, this is what they meant. You're wrong. They're not saying that. But they can't tell me that. Right. And they're not saying it because I'm superior or anything just saying you have to have an understanding you have to have a clear idea right so you have to put in a little work a little research and the reason why we we all need to understand our history not just us the europeans need to know this stuff too because they're going off of lies too everybody's being tricked everybody's dealing with only half of the picture half of the story and it's not really empowering anyone so it's really important that this message does get out and that people learn the truth. Okay, so let me get back into this. We we're only at section two, but there, there's a lot more. So um, just going back to section two now, after we looked at that 1828 definition, which lets you know that American applied to the people who look like us, but now applies to the descendants of Europeans. Now, in the light of that, let's look at this. It says, under the provision, it has been uniformly held. It's like this is generally understood that this color is the main evidence that that party has the color of the Negro, mulatto, or mestizo, and that they're a slave. The color of the Negro, mulatto, or mestizo is a slave. But that same color, that same evidence, your skin color does not follow from Indian, right? So if you are claiming to be an Indian and you look like a so-called African-American, it don't work, bro. You a slave. Not only a slave, but this is the Negro law. You are now a Negro. I don't care what you say. You're a Negro. You can speak the language. You can have the the um the tribal ties and all of that. Don't matter. Right? So um section three, specific going into specifics about Indians. Indians and descendants of Indians are regarded as free Indians in amity with this government until the contrary be shown. So that's letting you know, okay, yeah, they're Indians and they're free. You know, they have their own society. They're capable of governing themselves. But, but until the contrary be shown, once we prove that that Indian is really a Negro, all of that is out the window. They're not free. They're a slave because the Negro is a slave. Black, period. Right? This is really saying Indians and descendants of Indians are regarded as free. Yeah, but you saw what Section 2 just said, that their color means that they're Negroes, that they're a.k.a. slaves. Right? So they're only Indians until it's proven that they're Negroes, basically. All right? In the, in the second proviso of section one of the act of 1740, it is declared that every Negro, Indian, mulatto, and mestizo is a slave unless the contrary can be made to appear. 
all right? Yet in the same, it is immediately thereafter provided. The Indian in amity with this government is accepted, in which case the burden of proof shall lie on the defendant. That is on the person claiming the Indian plaintiff to be a slave, right? So if you can prove yeah, that you're not a Negro and all this stuff, you can have some of the rights. But for the most part, they flipped it on us, right? And then I have a section four over here because this is really important. The term Negro is confined to slave Africans, the ancient Berbers and their descendants. Okay, so they know they were Moors, the ancient Berbers and their descendants. But they're flipping it on us. It does not embrace the free inhabitants of Africa, such as the Egyptians, Moors, or the Negro Asiatics, such as the Lascars. Right? Okay, so it's it's given um it's it's given the exception like these people are civilized they come from somewhere the negro don't come from anywhere it's just came from somewhere in africa undefined it is uncivilized um they they Christ, they they christened you right they they gave you a christian name um they gave you a religion giving you a religion is civilizing you um, they own you. They control you. They defined you. These acts, these laws are defining you. They're your God. They're giving you rights and privileges. They control you. They control the narrative and the story of who you are. It, they can't say that for the Egyptians, for the Moors, right? The Asiatics, because these people um, predate them. These people had civilizations before them. These people actually, in the term, case of the Moors, civilized them. We gave them mathematics and different um, different um, sciences that enabled them to, um, to become independent and start to trade and participate with the rest of the world. So they can't say that about Moors. And then that's why later on in the 1800s, you would have Abraham Lincoln, taking on a case where you had um, William Dungy, who was accused of being a Negro. There was a dispute. It was like a family dispute over an inheritance that he had. He, he got an inheritance and someone, I guess, wanted to take it from him. So he accused him of being a Negro. Okay. And it was a big deal because Negroes couldn't own anything. And, and what did Abraham Lincoln do? He argued that while there's nothing wrong with being black or brown or whatever, right? It's not against the law. My client is not. He's a Moor. And he defined it as a Moor. He's like, I'm talking about a Moor because there just happened to be someone in the court who um, had the last name Moor, M-O-O-R-E. He's like, not talking about you. I'm talking about the Moors, Moorish people. He's a Moor. He's of Moorish descent. All right. And the person who was defaming him as a negro wound up um losing the case he had to pay him all right and this actually happened so once again this was occurring in the 1800s around this time this is what was going on at the time and this isn't taught in school this isn't taught in history even in the universities it's not being taught why because that's that's going to empower you and no one's trying to empower you because they fear that once you have that power, they'll be at the bottom. There's people that's actually attempting to rule over us. And that's that's the only thing that they can do. That's the only thing they have. 
right? And so, um, yeah, this this can't be overlooked. But you know, it's just like and, and shout out to brother David Bell, peace. We appreciate that. Um, back to this, you can't overlook this. You know, it's not something minor. This is not taught for a reason. We had this Black History mess. Ah, okay, I'm not gonna call it mess, but we do this Black History thing every February, and they don't give us anything real. Even our own people who's teaching it, they're not giving us anything real. So we need some mores to get in there and teach. Shout out to the brother Abdullah Bey who was on here, because that brother is actually teaching, you know, in the schools and, and writing books. We need more mores out there writing books. We need more mores to become engineers and, and um, you know, to do these things for real. And also to get into the school to become, pre um, about to say, preachers. <laughs> Become teachers and principals, right? And and we need to we need to actually take over the whole entire education system, right? The whole entire board of education. We need to be in control of this because this stuff needs to get changed, and it's not just going to happen magically. We have to work with what we have and do it now, not twenty years from now, right? So, um, you know, no one's going to teach this. It's not even just good enough just to be teaching this on YouTube. Like, this is one thing, YouTube, you know, podcast is cool, but I'm actually working on a book to follow this up because doing YouTube videos is not cool enough. And then my book, I can't just write all the stuff I think I know. I actually have to back it up with the sources so that even though they're not trying to accept this in the mainstream, it's like, okay, well, you're going to have to go get these sources because this is all backed up. It's it's written in stone. Okay? We have to do it. We have to be legitimate, man. So going back to this um yeah, so this stuff yeah, it's, it's not taught, man, and it's it's a shame, but you know the black codes. Like what does it say here? This that's just from Wikipedia, but it's letting you know black codes sometimes called black laws were laws governing the conduct of African Americans, so-called free blacks. The best known of them were passed in 1865 and 1866 by Southern states. They're talking about the whole Civil War, but we know that it started even before then, just like it says down here with slave code, right? Because the black codes are the slave codes, right? Starting in the 1700s. It's saying in Virginia during 1780 through 1864, some 1,400 slaves were from... Okay, oh, sorry about that, but there, we know that the... Negro laws, black laws, whatever, black acts actually started in the 1700s, right? So they've been working on this for a while. And um, no, they're not going to come and, and put this in a proper perspective. You see, this is focused on um, the Civil War. This is from Fair State University, Jim Crow um, Museum. Um, black codes had their roots in the slave codes. Right. So they're letting you know that the Negro acts were slave codes because that's what they're talking about. Right. The black codes are saying later on they would put those into place just to control the, the movement and conduct and what we're able to do as black people. But it had roots in the slave codes. Slave codes are the Negro acts, the Negro laws. Right. Um, 
general philosophy supporting the institution of chattel slavery in america was based on the concept that slaves were property not persons all right and um just giving you a basic understanding of it but what they're not telling you all right is that they were letting it be known in plain view that the people who would be classified as black today right they're automatically classified as black even though it was known that these same people would have been seen as indians they were the indigenous americans and now right if they're even accused of being a negro they risk losing their freedom everything they risk losing everything as it says down here all the slave clothes however had certain provisions in common all of them had the color line it was firmly drawn and any amount of negro blood established the race of a person whether slave or free as negro negro means slave black means slave that's what they're not going to tell you but it's saying it though if you know how to read in between the lines it's letting it be known black means slave the status of the offspring followed that of the mother so the child of a free father and slave mother was a slave and, and they're, they're just letting it be known right so i'm not going to get into all of this is they they really skip out on history man they, they were getting enslaved and everything they're not going to tell us that right but um you know it's 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 crazy because like this this is the biggest deal and it's it's a shame it's a crime to not teach this this will wake up a lot of people just knowing that they actually created that black label to enslave you to define you because when you define things when you're able to define things and especially when you're able to get everyone to go along with that you own it you take possession of it all right and um that's how they took possession of us that's how they took possession of the land that's one way i had something else i wanted to uh go over though let me pull this up so this is yeah color of law this is this is basically what this is how it was done for anybody that's wondering like how, how did this happen you know this isn't this is insane how did we get into this situation this is one of the ways this is the main way right this is saying the christian black codes of 1724 so going even further back right auction and negro sales but you know they they leave out the part that the indigenous people the people who were already here all right were the ones that was getting classified as negroes they leave that out but it's in there it's written in the language right so the christian black codes of 1724 were initiated during reconstruction after the civil war to control blacks after they were emancipated but what about 17 1724 this is before the civil war right what about this so passed by the southern states instead of giving blacks the same rights as white people the codes limited the blacks freedom severely okay let's go down a little bit article one decrees the expulsion of the jews from the colony and then article two makes it imperative on masters to impart religious instruction to their slaves okay and so 
Why is that important? Permits the exercise of the Roman Catholic's creed only. Every other mode of worship is prohibited. Negroes placed under the direction or supervision of any person, other person than a Catholic, are liable to confiscation. Sundays and holy days, holidays, holidays, holy days are to be strictly observed. All Negroes found at work on these days are to be confiscated. What is this about? And then um, I'll, I'll go into this a little bit later, but okay, so they're really queuing in on religion. Once again, when you define something, you own it. They're giving you a religion and you're taking it by force. It, it wasn't like people were just willingly taking this on. So when you're taking this on, you know, whether it's by force or whatever, it doesn't matter. They own you. They're civilizing you. Right. They're civilizing you because from their perspective, what they'll say is he, he, they, they were savages. They didn't even have a religion. You know, we gave it to them. They were infidels. Right. So um, it's saying it makes it imperative on the masters to impart religious instructions to their slaves. You have no other mode of worship is prohibited. Right. So it, you had to be deemed a Christian. All right. This is just another part of it. So you had a creation of the Negro and the Negro, they defined it. I mean, they have books like that are defining the Negro as this thing that's outside of creation. It's not even really human. All right. And then they wrote the laws that are letting it be known that the indigenous people were us. And if we, if they could put that Negro label on us, we're automatically slaves. And it defines the Negro as a permanent slave, basically. It's an underclass. It's a slave from somewhere in Africa, undefined. All right. And then um, just going in further, um, basically letting it be known they don't want mixing occurring, right? Because they don't want people finding a way out of this through intermixing, lightening up the skin and all this stuff. We forbid our white subjects of both sexes to marry with the blacks, and under penalty of being fined and subjected to some other arbitrary punishment. All right. Not going to read all of this, but for the most part, they want to keep it under, want to keep it um, identifiable, you know, who has the, the color of the slave. All right. Um, let's see. Hang on. Children issued from the marriage of slaves shall follow the conditions of their parents and shall belong to the master of the wife and not of the husband. If the husband and wife have different masters, if the husband be a slave and the wife a free woman, it is our will that their children of whatever sex they be shall share the condition of the mother and be as free as she, notwithstanding the servitude of their father. And if the father be free and the mother a slave, then the children shall be slaves. Masters shall have their Christian slaves buried in consecrated ground. We forbid slaves to carry offensive weapons. Just once again, just limiting the movement, what slaves are capable of doing, and um, just keeping it understood that Negro means slave. Christian black codes, right? And and so I'm not knocking anyone that's a Christian, but knowing this, this is this is not pseudoscience this is not conspiracy um 
it is it's hidden, but it's not really hard to find. Knowing this, why would anybody be Christian? Why? Especially, you know, our people. Why? It makes no sense at all. Masters who shall be convicted of having permitted or tolerated such gatherings as foresaid, composed of other slaves, then their own shall be sentenced individually to indemnify their neighbors for the damages occasioned by said gatherings. And I'm not going to read all this. We forbid Negroes to sell any commodities, provisions, or produce of any kind without the written permission of their masters or without wearing their known marks or badges. And any persons purchasing anything from Negroes shall be sentenced to pay a fine of 1,500 libras. Right? Um, So, uh, hmm. Not really going to read this whole entire thing, but I guess I'll read a couple more of these articles. We declare that slaves have no right to any kind of property, which is also in alignment with what I was talking about uh, later on in the 1800s when Abraham Lincoln was defending William Dungey, right? He couldn't own property as a Negro, even though that would have been over 100 years later after this act, because this is what was happening in, in all of these areas, right? In, and this is what's still occurring in this present day, right? Even though we have more privileges as Black people, right? As a Black person, you're still a slave. You only have privileges. Masters shall be responsible for what their slaves have done by their command and also for what transactions they have prevented their slaves to do in their shots. Well, uh, slaves shall never be party to civil suits. Slaves may be prosecuted criminally. Um, okay. Freed or born free Negroes who shall have afforded refuge in their house to fugitive slaves shall be sentenced to pay the masters of said slaves the sum of 30 livres a day. Which would wind up getting them in trouble? Is this going to be a lot of money? Um, should the freed or freeborn Negroes not be able to pay the fines, they shall be reduced to the condition of slaves and be sold as such. And uh, they're going to extreme lengths, though, to define um, how limited the slave caste are. Right. And um, the first thing they did was mention the religion. They have to be under Christianity. All right. Why? Because once again, this is just proving it. They gave you, they civilized you. You can't be a more and be a Christian. Not saying that people like nowadays, present day, you know, that's you, whatever. But, you know, just keeping it real. You, you couldn't be one. Why? Because the Moors are the ones that civilized them. Why would you take on the religion that was actually created for them and able to be able to, to be civilized and to interact with other people. They had to have a system, you know, a spiritual system and understanding that there's a creator and, and laws and things that will keep them in place so that they're not running rampant and being, you know, just being savage. Right. So by taking that on, you're further entrapping yourself under this system. It was created for your own demise. All right. And um, these black codes, 
They occurred in several states. It's something that once it's adopted in one place and it works, it's getting put in several other places. Everyone's taking this and running with it. And um, it's just, it's a shame that this isn't taught. And I understand it's, it's, it's no one's going to do it unless we're stepping up to the plate. I mean, like there's, there's no, nothing in it for anyone else. Right. Especially for people who benefit from our ignorance, they're not going to reach out and try to help raise us up to help you be in a position where you can run things. Right. That's not what they're going to do. They're going to say, that's not my job. Right. They're, they're going to keep it going. They're going to keep the status quo going. And that's it. And, and nobody's going to do it unless we're out here doing it. Um, and you can't leave that out. It's a big deal. Um, you can't even really teach history without pointing this out. You know, it's a travesty. And it's, uh, you know, it's ridiculous. Um, I just wanted to to share that with people. Um, like the Islam, like the brother or sister said in the chat. Yeah, it's it's not hidden. It's out there, okay? And um, you can actually look these things up yourself. Um, nobody can deny it, okay? People can try to put a different twist on it and say, well, no, that's not what it means. It means this. But if you actually study history, then you know that that's a lie. Why? Because you can pull out several other instances that point to the fact that this is what it means. They are defining the, the indigenous people, all right, as slaves. Negro means slave. And and they're letting it be known that, hey, this is what the Americans look like, but now this is what a Negro is. And, and you can't, you know, the burden of proof is actually on you to prove otherwise, okay? And, um, you know, with all the things that they've done, like with federalizing basically all the tribes, you know, you had a, the uh, federal... Bureau of Indian Affairs, and they have like all these hoops that you have to jump through to prove that you're of whatever tribe. Some of the tribes want DNA, they want DNA evidence. It's like, how are you gonna ask for DNA evidence? Like, what what who's defining it? What 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 is the bloodline? Like, what what are the um prerequisites you know for determining ancient indigenous american blood what are they going off of are they going off of like the mongolian you know um bloodline of the people who came over from from asia who came over the uh the Bering strait is that what they're going off of because even off of um the findings in science with some of the oldest remains that they found in places like south america they know that the people there are more closely related to the indigenous people in places like Australia, the Aborigines, who are dark-skinned people, right? And that's known. So what are they using to determine? So I'm saying, like, if you're trying to get recognition from one of these federally recognized tribes, you have to jump through hoops and go through all of that. But in reality, just to just to put a um, to put a solution out there really quickly as we end this um a man by the name of prophet noble drew ali came to us and and um went out not just teaching our people but um letting our people know that they're moors but he didn't just stop there 
he created this society for us, the civilization or um, a community, a nation for us, a government with the actual structure, with laws, with the hierarchy for us to govern our own affairs, independent of what's going on around us, which every nation has to have. So it's one thing to just get up here and teach it. He actually set up this um, the, the community with the government for us to come in and, and work together and proclaim our nationality. But just saying you're Moorish American is one thing, but actually working together, making it happen as a unit, as a group, as a real nation capable of governing yourselves. Okay. And so um, that's what I'm saying. Moors need to come into that structure and work together as a collective and move as a unit as Moorish Americans. And, um, you know, really, I think that's that's the only that's the only way to be successful unless you guys want to just watch and, and hope the Europeans, you know, keep fighting in fighting and doing all the crazy things they're going and doing and hope that they don't. They're not too rough on us. Is you know, I'm not I'm not trying to wait around like that, but I'm saying that's that's the only solution is to to work together to come within the structure that we have to where we're not only reteaching our people um into getting our people back into our our own society but also working working our own government that we have and within that then we now we can move as a unit and we can do the things that we need to do for ourselves and take care of ourselves okay so it's not just about telling people that they're more we actually have to come together and do the work that everybody else is doing in the world and um you know one of the things that we we tried to do that over the years as as black people as negroes as african americans and it's not working and it's literally been like that we've had different names if you look at what we were doing in the 30s in the 40s we were doing it as what as negroes as colored people and it wasn't working and then later on, we're doing it as black and African-Americans, doing it as something that was created specifically to be a permanent undesirable. And um, if we look at what was going on in the time that the Prophet Noble Drew Ali here, he was moving strong in the 1920s. And um, during that time, you had race riots occurring all over the country. Race riots, literally where you had um, a lot of people now, y'all heard about Black Wall Street, North Tulsa, Oklahoma. That was in 1920 or in the 1920s. Okay, we had all, we had Wilmington, North Carolina, East St. Louis. It was even happening in Ohio. It was happening in New York, Florida. Everyone's heard about Rosewood, right? Rosewood, Florida. They had a movie about it. So, yeah, Black Wall Street, 1921. So this was occurring in the late 1800s through the early 1900s. Race riots. The Prophet Noble Drew Ali was born in 1886. So you had race riots occurring where it was specifically Europeans coming into independent Asiatic towns. And um, they were running people out of town because they were killing people. They were burning buildings down. They were taking it over, taking the wealth from the people. And um, the reason I'm saying this is because 
while all of this was going on, the Prophet Noble Drew Ali was moving. Okay, in the 1920s, when this was occurring, the Prophet was moving as well. And um, he was able to set up wherever you had a temple, you had Moorish businesses popping up and Moorish communities coming up and getting stronger and moving as a unit, getting involved in politics. See, a lot of people, I get it. A lot of people that are um, starting to become aware that they're Moors, they want to rebel against everything. And I get it. I feel it. I feel, you know, where you're coming from. You know, wanting to rebel against it all, like, you know, forget all this stuff. But here's the thing. The Moors were getting involved. They were putting people in office. They were putting Moors in office. And then sometimes they'll, they'll put a European in office if they're going to play ball with them, get them the things that they need, which is what everybody's supposed to do. Okay. And the reason I'm saying this is because at the same time, Asiatics who didn't proclaim themselves as Moors, they were getting, there was race riots, man. If you were trying to get involved politically and you look like these people in the picture, if you look like us when in this time period, what does it say on here? It says 1928. In 1928, you had this many of our people together just in a building together, and y'all aren't doing something safe. You're in there calling them Europeans and 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 working as a unit, <laughs> you know, building businesses, breaking police threat. Now, I just want to say this because, like, what I was doing with the Black Codes, I, I I hope I did a good enough job, but I attempted to put that stuff in a proper perspective. Let you know what's, what's really being said. Okay, so if you look at this picture, you're like, ah, it's just an old picture. But now, if you really look at it, this is what's going on. Look at this. 1928. Okay? This is real. 1928 got all these asiatic people together and um they're not just getting together to take a picture because a lot of people do this stuff nowadays they just want to take picture to look like they doing something but um no in, in this time in 1928 they had grocery stores they had dry cleaners right laundromats they had um moving companies because you had a lot of Moors that were moving up to places like Detroit and Chicago. and places. So they had moving companies. Whatever we needed, they were doing it. Okay? Fixing things, all of that stuff. Okay? So, um, so they were doing the economics. And then they were, they were moving politically. Okay? Not only, not only were they putting, like, their votes behind certain candidates that were European... And, and they're not just like, okay, we're going to vote for them because I like what they say. No, the prophet's meeting with these people, like the, the guy who wound up becoming governor, having closed-door meeting with them, letting it be known what we need, you know, what they needed in exchange for the support. Like, yeah, we got 5,000 or something more. So we could put you in office. And so he's getting what they need, right? This is how you're supposed to do, negotiating. And then as if that wasn't enough, putting Asiatics in office, people that look like them in office in 1928. So if you're moving like this and, and you were one of us, you're bringing in money, 
you're moving economically, you're moving politically, you would have been seen as a threat. You saw what they did. I mean, look, you can look up Tulsa, Oklahoma, Black Wall Street. Just look it up. 1920s. What happened? It got ransacked. They, they say that this was the first time that bombs were being dropped from planes on U.S. soil. It was on Black Wall Street. And they don't even talk about it. So it was that serious. If you're moving like this and then think about it. Noble Drew Ali, the prophet, this man in the center with the turban on right here. All right. This man wasn't just doing it in Chicago. He was also in Detroit. He's also in Philadelphia. He was doing it all over the country. Why didn't they just take him out? Why they have to fall internally because of us being greedy and and not being ready to be powerful? You know, it had to be infighting to take it down. Why couldn't they just take it down? Because that was a threat. I mean, you had um, cities and towns like Wilmington, North Carolina, where they, they just ran in there and ransacked it, you know, out of jealousy. You had Europeans who were starving because of the... Um, the Great Depression, man. That's what I'm saying. You have to understand. And, um, and we don't want to do this just because it's cool to talk about history. I know history is boring a lot of people. It's because you have to know what's really going on so you know who you are, where you came from, what really happened. Because this is how they're holding this over you. This is Black History Month. And they ain't talking about nothing. What is it? George Washington Carver. Martin Luther King. And that's it. They're not talking about this. All right. So this is important. Um, people like this would have been seen as a huge, immense, unstoppable threat. They would have had to do something about it. OK. This brother was powerful. And so this is important because, like I said, Black Wall Street, they came in, they ransacked it, they tore them apart. Um, Wilmington, too. And I'm not saying that none of our people fought back or anything. I'm just saying that the end result, they tore it apart. They came in and they did that. And so people aren't really looking at it like that, but you have to because that's the reality. Okay. They did all of this, you know, just because our people were successful. And, and the Europeans were um, really suffering because of the uh, the Great Depression. And so they were, they were motivated. They were jealous. They didn't like seeing us living in big houses to see. They don't tell you that. They, when they tell you the history, it's slavery. It's slavery, and then it's what? Um, slavery, then it's uh, segregation, and then it's like, well, we got like um, that one sister. Um, I think her name is Mae Jemison. Went to, she worked for NASA. You got a black astronaut. That's 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 Black History Month. That's it. Slavery, um, slavery, segregation, and then some of the you know other stuff. You know, George Washington cover. That's it. All right. But this is this is the real history. OK. And so um, looking at Moorish history. Right. Our people were successful. They were building. We were doing for ourselves. Segregation wasn't a bad thing. We, we had our own towns. We were doing good, even in the midst. Not saying all of our people were doing good during the Great Depression, but we had a lot of people that were doing good. And that. That helped fuel the little anger and jealousy. 
So they were coming in, ransacking our villages. So there's several reasons why they couldn't do this to the Moors. The Moors had a nationality. It's not just about proclaiming your nationality. We were moving together as a unit. We had our own security, right? We were unified. Okay, so if if you have more science temples in Chicago, in, in Detroit, in Philly, they're in Toledo, Cleveland, in um, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, um, Pittsburgh, right? You're in Brooklyn. You're in all these different places. We're all communicating. Why? Because they have their own um, media. You got the Moorish Guy newspaper. So they're getting the word out telling our own story because since they're not going to teach us this we have to teach ourselves and we have to put out things from our perspective what's important to us we're defining things right so they're getting the word out so they can't deal with them like they deal with everyone else right because they literally had their own nation they're able to define the narrative and then working together as a unit. So we have a national treasury. It's not just every man for himself. Because that's what it is out here. It's every man for himself. If Because, you know, some people, they'll, they'll be like, well, you know, we got black billionaires. We got Oprah. No, we, we don't have Oprah. <laughs> if it even worked like that, like Oprah's on the other team. <laughs> Oprah's out here eating babies. Like Oprah's on the other team. She's not working with us. We don't have billionaires. Right. But now coming from this perspective, now you Moorish American, you're actually in the Moorish Science Temple of America. You actually with the government, you understand it, you're working with it. It's like, okay, it's a different ball game now because it's like, all right, we have a national treasury. So we have national strategy for all of us across the nation. I mean, in all these different areas we live in. And then we have local strategies. So you got to deal with them differently now. They're not just spread all over the place, every man for himself. And so that's how come, okay, yeah, we need to go talk to their leadership and, and, and work. We have to approach them a little differently. They're organized and they know who they are. We can't just come in and tell them anything. They're not even Christian. Like we, we have to learn how to even to deal with them. Right. And that, that's really important. Okay, so um, when you're looking at it like this, all right, you can get a better perspective and understanding on the movement, how this could work, and how how we got into this situation and how we can get out, right? So um, those are some of the reasons why I'm saying they couldn't just attack him and what he was doing the same way they were attacking all of our our, um, Asiatic towns that they were just burning down. Race riots, that's what they'll call it. But it wasn't a race riot. It was straight up Europeans coming and killing our people, lynching. A lot of lynchings, a lot of times they were lynching people who who owned property, who had land. And a lot of our people own land. And um, uh, somebody said, would you be welcomed in the temple? I mean, I don't see why not. You know, if you're Asiatic, you know, um, best bet is to reach out, start learning, start getting on board. All right, because this is this is why it worked. Like, and right now, you know, the place that we're at now, 
we're we're just starting to pick up the pieces um oh okay i see why the brother said that like interracial couples like look nobody's hating on anyone's family you know if you um you're with uh somebody of european descent or whatever that's you know we, we don't teach hatred all right we don't move on hatred so like on in the no in light of that yeah you you would be welcome in a temple right that's that's not an issue now um now what i would say is let me let me pull something up i don't want to get too off off track but i'm gonna gonna pull this up anyway all right since you asked that question and islam to uh the brewster fits yeah they they had oil why because you had people in tosa asiatics who had indigenous ties to the land now they'll say that they were slaves who were owned by the cherokee or something like they'll tell you anything but they had indigenous ties to the land and some of the land had resources and it had like you know oil and, and different things like that and they were getting paid and yes that was a problem too because they were starting to trade with foreign countries like there's no telling how far ahead that area would have been if they didn't come and do that like can you imagine if like just a bunch of people came and started killing all the europeans in in um chicago or something like that in the past you know just tore it up that's what happened so there's no telling what black wall street would have been today all right but um Yeah, I was uh, getting a little bit off, but I did want to just share this real quick. All right. I'm just going to share something real quick from uh, chapter 48. Since we all here. I right, you asked about the interracial thing. Let me say this. Okay, so um, we're looking at chapter 48, Divine Origin, oh, sorry, <laughs> the end of time and the fulfilling of the prophecies. I'm not going to read the whole thing. We're just going to skip down a little bit. All right. So, no, this this isn't, um, it, it, being a member of the Moore Science Temple of America is not for everyone. However, you, you can assist. You can work with us. We're not against anyone. But let me read this real quick. Uh, Verse 6, we as a clean and pure nation descended from the inhabitants of Africa do not desire desire to amalgamate or marry into the families of the pale-skinned nations of Europe. Right? So we're not out here encouraging and, and telling our people, hey, you need to lighten your skin up. You need to get with Europeans. We need to create mixed race babies. We're not teaching that. That's stupid. I'm not saying that like that's bad or anything. I'm just saying that like that was self-hatred. That's self-hatred. That's self-hatred at the end of the day. We're not doing that. Like you have people, Jamaicans out here, and I, man, I'm not not just Jamaicans, right? You have people um in several different countries, like um Nigeria, um Dominican Republic. You have all these different places where the dark-skinned people there are are putting this bleach cream on their skin, 
right? In Jamaica, they call it cake soap. And it's so stupid. They're, they're bleaching their skin and try to look light-skinned, right? Stupid. It's self-hatred. So we're not doing that. We're proud of who we are. We know that we're the, um, we descend from the creators of civilization. So we as a clean and pure nation descended from the inhabitants of Africa do not desire to amalgamate or marry into the families of the pale-skinned nations of Europe. Neither serve the gods of their religion because our forefathers are the true and divine founders of the first religious creed for the redemption and salvation of mankind on earth. Therefore, we are returning to the church of Christianity back to the European nations as it was prepared by their forefathers for their earthly salvations for them. While we, the Moorish Americans, are returning to Islam, which was founded by our forefathers for our earthly and divine salvation. All right. And um, I want to hear too. Also, let me go back a little bit. Just like we're like we're, we're not, um, actively like teaching people or encouraging people to to um, go out here and and um, get into relationships and marry people of European descent. But if you're already in a relationship like that, it's whatever. That's you know not. Also, we we want people to be together to be married with the um, with your uh, mother or father of your children, right? And to raise them together, right? We encourage people to be married and raise their families together. So we're not like trying to down anyone who's already done that or say you can't be a member of the temple. No, that's not how it works. However, um, you know, just letting it be known where we stand on that. Um, and as far as who this applies to, the fallen sons and daughters of the Asiatic nation of North America need to learn to love to hate, to know their higher and lower self. This is the uniting of the Holy Quran of Mecca for all, uh, for teaching and instructing all Moorish Americans, ETC. Key to civilization was and is in the hands of Asiatic nations, the Moors who were ancient Moabites and the founders of the ancient holy city of Mecca. So we're talking about basically all of these people are Asiatics, the Egyptians, the Arabians, Japanese, Chinese, Hindus of India, um, they're all Asiatic, of Asiatic descent. The Asiatic nations of North, South, and Central America, the Moorish Americans and Mexicans of North America, Brazilians, Argentinians, Chileans, and South America, Colombia, Nicaragua, natives of San uh, Salvador and Central America, ETC, all of these are Muslims. All right, so all of these people, basically all the, the people of the Caribbean, the so-called Latinos, the so-called African-Americans, they're all Moorish Americans, or they're all, um, you could say they're all Moorish American Muslims. Okay? And um, even though technically, now I guess since people have different nations, like, for example, um, say people are like from uh, Guyana or Trinidad, maybe they'll say Moorish Guyana or, you know, Moorish Trinidadian, because they actually have a nation, Right? But they're of Moorish descent. So they're all Moors. All right. And this is who we're referring to over here in the Americas. And ultimately, these are the people who need to come in and proclaim their nationality now. So if that doesn't, if you don't fit into that category, then this isn't really for you. Now, the spiritual lessons. Are for everyone assisting us 
because you see the truth in this and you want to fix things. You want to help make things right. That's for everyone. But coming in here and, and trying to line yourself up with something that you're not, that's not what this is for. We're not trying to come in here and try to make everyone more or try to, you know, pretend everyone's a more. No, it's not like that. Right. We, we're not we're not able to ch- change your descendant nature. Right. So, you know, if you are one of those so-called black people, then this is for you. Basically. Like that's why earlier with the Negro law I was explaining the the people who um, are um, indigenous to the Americas, they got classified as black, as Negro. Black means slave. This is who it's for. We don't even know this. Most of us have no clue. This is who it's for. They got stripped of their nationality. We got stripped of our connection to who we truly are. We don't even know that this is our land. They lied and and told us they brought us all here on boats. You want to know why that couldn't really happen, like how they teach it? Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll share this real quick, really quickly. I'm not going to take too long on this, but yeah. Okay, so that that is a gross misstatement to, to act like they brought us all here on slave ships. That's crazy. It's insane. But we're going to talk about that really quickly because you need to know why that is that is insane. Even to insinuate that. Islam to the brother Rabe said, because there weren't no slave ships. Okay, so to act like this is our history, it's crazy. You know why? Because these dudes, these European dudes putting these Africans into the boat, you see them holding his arms and they're standing there. What happened when these guys went out on the high seas in the 1700s, even on up to the 1800s, 1865? What was happening? They were getting enslaved. Hang on. We got some quotes too. Let's do some quotes. Yeah. So we're gonna breeze through this part real quick. So when these guys that look like this went out on the high seas, a lot of times their ships were getting ran over by people that look like us. This is just a real quick, just one example of what I'm talking about. So this is from a naval magazine, and um, it's got, basically, it's got the story in here. Uh, Let's see, what does it say? The author of a history of the United States Navy. Um, This is from the Journal of William McKay, U.S. Senator from Pennsylvania, 1789-1791, and the Diary of Samuel McKay, McClay. U.S. Senator from Pennsylvania, 1803-1809. All right, so um, they're talking about this ship, the USS George Washington, that was bringing, and um, it was uh, bringing three diplomats to pay tribute to the day of Algiers. Where's Algiers? It's in North Africa. These are Moors. So in the highlighted part, you see it says USS George Washington of 1798, which carried our three ministers, plenty potentiary, specially appointed by President John Adams 
as representing the sovereign power of the United States, crossed the Atlantic with the cargo of tribute money and military stores as a present to the day of Algiers in propitiation propitiation of his wrath over a slight delay in paying our annual tribute to the black potentate. Right. So y'all get this. These three um, diplomats are representing the United States. They're going over here to pay tribute to the black potentate. He's a Moor, a dark-skinned Moor. He's the day of Algiers. And he's angry because they were a little late paying their annual tribute. Why are they paying him tribute? Because not only they're paying tribute to Algiers, they're paying tribute to Tripoli. They're paying tribute to all the different Barbary states, the Moorish powers. Why? Because if they don't, their ship's going to get sunk or it's going to get boarded and raided and everybody aboard is going to get sold into slavery. This is 1798. What they tell you, what they start our history at? Slavery, 1779. But they were getting robbed. But they want you to think that they was bringing people that look like this all the way across the Atlantic in droves, right? But they're paying tribute to the Moorish um, kings, basically, the Moorish governors. Come on, man. So it's saying... um. Uh, the USS George Washington of 1798 slunk behind the mole of Algiers. This is like a, a man-made uh, port that comes out into the water. That's what a mole is of Algiers, close under the guns of Moorish batteries. So the guns, they got their guns aimed on them the whole time, even though they're bringing them money. They're coming to pay tribute. And the Moors got their guns aimed at them. You know, those are the pirates. The pirate ships, they're moors. They got their guns aimed at them. They, that means that this is harsh. They looking down on them. They hate them. And it was promptly surrounded by a cordon of frowning gunboats. Right? Skipping on our minister's plenipotentiary of 1798 on being presented to the day were compelled to remove their shoes in the courtyard, crawl up many flights of stone stairs to a small dungeon-like apartment, having barred windows in there each and severely kissed the hand of the shaggy beast. They got to crawl. They got to take their shoes off and crawl up all these stairs and kiss, kiss, kiss the ring. And they're coming to pay tribute to him. And he's treating them like this. They got the guns on them and paying tribute to this pirate ruler of Barbary. The United States condoned at least the lowest ideals of human government, which meant the raiding of the northern shores of the Mediterranean, the capture of whole villages of Christian men, women, and children, and their subjection to the horrors of Muslim bondage. USS George Washington slunk in 1798, having been constructed by 30,000 white slaves of the Moors. This, this thing I was telling you about, the mole, this which is like a man-made port that's coming out into the water. Talking about it was constructed by 30,000 white slaves of the Moors. Right? And they're, they're, they're conflicted about coming to pay tribute because they're like, this means we condone the, the raiding the northern shores of the Mediterranean. So all of these, these um, European villages are being raided. The capture of whole villages of Christian men, women, and children. All right, they're being sold into slavery. 
All right. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just letting it be known. Not going to read all of this, but this is what's really going on. 1798. 1798, 1800s. They're not telling you that. This is what the Moors were doing. So they weren't able to just ride around and do whatever they wanted to. They had to pay tribute. Okay? And nobody's telling you that. That why why isn't that being taught in black history? Ain't that black history? Well, no, it's not black history. Because black starts its slavery. That's Moorish history. If you're not a Moor, that don't even apply to you. You get this now? Now you see why being a Moor is totally different. Now you see why they had to deal with the prophet differently when he's organizing in several states, several cities, empowering them. They getting money. They breaking bread together. They moving as a government. You know, talking about, like, come on, they're governing themselves. They, they would have seen, this. these are some uppity Negroes. Who they think they are? He's moving like a head of state. They got their own buildings, grocery stores, all these businesses. Come on. And then the, some of the Moors are getting arrogant. They're like, y'all don't have powers over me. It was, it was getting so bad. The prophet had to put out the decree. Like, come on, stop flashing your cards at Europeans. You're out here causing confusion. Right? Because the Moors are feeling themselves like, yeah, we, we moving now. They feeling themselves. Why? Because because what were the Moors doing? What did I just read? They had to crawl on their hands and knees to pay tribute to the day, to kiss the ring, and they treating them bad. I'm not saying this like this is something to be proud of. This is why we're in the situation that we're in right now. It's payback. This is Moorish history. Man, no disrespect, but I don't care about black history. It's trash. It's slavery. It's all slavery. And it's just pushing the slave agenda and it's keeping it going. And like, I know too much to go along with it. I'm trying to share this, you know, to try to wake some more people up to come on board, get with it. Don't just say you're more online. Don't just say you are more sometimes, depending on who you're around. You need to come on in all the way. Like, what are you waiting on? You see this? This is almost 100 years ago. These Moors, some of them around him weren't real. They weren't true. They helped to tear it apart. But this is what it is. It's not going to build itself back up. You're going to have to come in and help build it. This is how come they were able to move like that. This is how come the Moors could feel themselves and be like, okay, y'all, y'all. You can't mess with me. That's how come you saw the dude in the truck, you know, with the flag telling them they don't have authority, you know, jurisdiction over him. The Moors move different. Now, I'm not saying we should be out here doing all that. I'm just saying, like, we can move as a unit. We can move differently. And um, everyone's going to have to deal with this differently because black people are slaves. Black lives don't matter. They don't. How can they matter? The European created them specifically so that he could abuse them and he defined it and he gave it a religion. He civilized it. He defined the black, the Negro as a beast. 
There's a book called The Negro, A Beast or in the Image of God. He defined it as a beast that is outside of creation. God didn't create the Negro. The white man did. And he gave it a religion. He blessed it with Christianity. This didn't even have us. How are you going to say that when he just got a religion not even 500 years before that? Right? But hey, if you don't know your history, you don't know that. It don't even apply to you. Right? You just got civilized in the 1800s. Okay? So this is this is real. And that's what I'm saying, man. You can't sit on the sidelines. It ain't going it's it's not going to work. You can't sit on the sidelines. It's not cool enough to just be a more sometimes, man. If you around some other mores, you're more. No, nah, you, you need to be a more for real. And then how are you going to lead a society to profit like the, the more science temple of America? Does this look like a church to you? Does that look like a church? Do churches, how many churches you know that's opening up, you know, businesses that's owned by the people in the community? Like there's churches that's been in the hood for the longest. They don't have any grocery stores. In that same neighborhood, they don't even have one grocery store. Anyone that wants to get groceries, they got to go outside the hood to get it, right? Because the only groceries you can get is like in some little little uh, quick mart, something owned by Arabs or somebody else, right? And they, they got all the janky stuff in there, right? They got... You know they got in the D store, right? They they got the they got the stuff that ain't good for you. They got plenty of junk food, right? Soda, <coughs> poison, right? In the church, I'm not talking bad about the church because you have some people who are in the church who want to do better, want to do more, and they can, but they need to work with us because it's not happening, right? So I'm saying this to make a point, like. Does that look like, you know, the the church that the European gave to us, right? No. They have businesses. They're putting people in office. They have security. They're moving differently. They have a head of state. The prophet was also referred to in the Chicago Defender as President Ali. He was moving as a head of state. When he's going overseas, he's being received by the military, you know, where they're giving the salutes and all this stuff. He's he's meeting with governors and and um, secretary of state. And they're treating them with respect. They're coming to his birthday party. And it's not like we're, we're not. And then that's the thing. Like, we're not approaching it emotionally. Like, who do they like me? Are they racist? Who cares? I don't care. We're going we gonna to handle this business. Like, that's how some, some of the people, you know, got caught up with Trump. He's racist. Who cares? All of the presidents are racist. Even Obama, he was racist. He let it be known he wasn't going to do nothing for you. He came in right away, got to work. He started getting things done for homosexuals, transgenders, right? People were screaming and marching, talking about Black Lives Matter, and he signed some little act to protect police and it became even um signed off on the act that became known as the blue lives matter act come on man if that ain't racist i don't know like the the other presidents wouldn't even have been able to get away with that like you know trump or you know any of them did something like that where everybody's saying blue lives matter and he 
Come on. He's involved with that. Blue, come on, man. They're all racist. Who cares? Right? You, you, you um work within the constructs that you have to get what you need, and then you put your own people in. Okay. Yeah, blue alert law. That's what he passed. And then later, like the next year, Congress passed the Blue Lives Matter Act. That's what it's called. All right. Like, come on, man. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. And um, I mean, like, they, they're not teaching us. They're not teaching us. Let me, let me see something, man. Just to give you, give you a little more. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, hang on a second. Uh, I'm reading from the book, White Slaves, African Masters. When Tripoli declared war on the United States in 1801, John Adams authorized William Eaton's dramatic march across the desert to help install a friendlier Bashaw and even memorialized in the Marines hymn from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. Um, Though the United States never had a grand design to invade North Africa, this did not preclude many captives from musing about the eventual conquest of the Barbary Coast. These were people who had been captured. They were, they were, you know, hoping that eventually these Moors would fall. James Cather, for one, dreamed that France would march into Africa and overpower his own Algerian captors, whom he saw as unjust and capricious. What a pity such a character as Napoleon Bonaparte, with 100,000 men under his command, had not a footing in Barbary with that force he would subdue the whole of Barbary states from Salud to Derna in less than 12 months. Let me read something else too. So they, they basically, you know, everything's flipped. All right. These are people who were suffering on their own accord. They weren't able to just freely travel, especially in the Mediterranean and throughout Africa and on the Atlantic without paying tribute. And then they still ran the risk of still being captured and enslaved, even though they were paying tribute. And they were paying tribute to several powers at once. Um, let me see. Uh, I had a list. <laughs> Maybe I'll I read that like in, a, in another, um, another podcast, but had a list of several um, countries and the crazy amounts that they're paying. And they're paying all of these different people at the same time. And it's ridiculous. So all of this is left out in history. And then if you're looking at things in this light, now you can see why they wanted to take advantage of the Moors here and why they had to get us out of that status. Right. So they created a whole system. They planned and plotted on how to get us out of our position of who we truly are. And now, um, hundreds of years later, they've rewritten everything. Okay. But the good thing about it is that the truth is still out there. Okay. You just have to think outside the box. You have to actually read for yourself. You can't take anything that's being handed to you and hopefully made the case why, you know, black history is just more slave history. That's it. That's, that's why that meme, you know, show black history, basically starting in slavery. That's why, all right, and and um, 
You know, this is powerful in so many ways. 1928, race riots occurring, all of the um, so-called Negro towns getting ran through. Anytime you see the people making power moves, it was seen as a threat. The prophet was able to um, build this all over the country. All right. And based off of us connecting to who we truly are as the creators of civilization. So what better way to move than to move as who you are in your powerful position? And this isn't even even though it dates back several millennia. We don't even have to go that far back because what was being described just in 1798, just in 1798, just in the 1700s and 1800s were Moors and Moors were in power. Okay. So that's who you are. And um, that's how you move. And um, just wanted to make that clear. And um, I think it's really important that everybody gets on board with not just with just learning this stuff, gone and go all the way in, right? When you go into the more science temple of America, the way the prophet set it up, you're not, you're learning about what it means to be a more, how to be a more for real. And then also you're moving as a unit together, politically, economically, and everything else. So you're covering everything. All right. And like, like, especially the Moors in Ohio, man, y'all, you know, what you doing? Y'all supposed to be with us so that we can get it done. It ain't going to be good enough if it's just a handful of us, right? You know, we're a nation. So, um, hey, that's 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 what it is, right? So I'm just going to, I'm going to go ahead and close out and um, just make sure that you click the like button and that you share this. And see, we got, we got a couple likes. We need to get some more likes on here. It should be way more likes than it is and way more shares everybody should share this especially if this like if this hit with you at all if you felt this information and you understood this then you need to click share and shout out to the brother rob bay for the donation much love appreciate that brother appreciate that because you know for the most part we're just putting this information out there for free okay and um teaching for free building you know so that we have something for our children and grandchildren as well as for us okay so um yeah click like and share we're gonna go ahead and close uh help spread this information keep it going for the whole month since this is black history month just share it and come back to it you know a few days later keep doing it through this whole month keep pumping this because they're gonna pump black history all month and you heard like that's slave history all right you know that slave history so don't like that's how we can um do something about it and combat it you need to push this help push this video and and let it keep circulating all month because um you know that's the this is basically be like the only the only place where people will get something an alternative view on history because everybody else is pushing that slave narrative. They, they probably come out with another slave movie. Because when it come to us, the only thing they pump is slavery or black suffering. It's either slavery or it's black suffering. Okay? For real. That's it. Slavery and black suffering. And that's what Black History Month is about. Even though, you know, I'm not knocking it. I'm 
love all of our inventors and you know great accomplishments we have i'm not knocking that that's beautiful that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about they start us in slavery and 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 that's all it is that's all that's getting pumped and we have to do something about it so push this video throughout the month keep this circulating so that more people can get on board and realize what time it is and um y'all go check out the videos too that played earlier you can rewind this back look at some of those music videos that were playing check those uh channels out the brother two rider artist check his channel out brother dre lloyd and um like i said keep sharing this throughout the month and that's one way we could start changing things out here and then y'all get it get get up with us you know get with the temple let's get things moving let's get the nation going strong and on that note peace and love everybody we out Oh, <laughs>